Hello and welcome to Soap Secrets. It is January on Coronation Street because last week um, we saw Sally very distressed, didn't we? Because she sort of thinks that Tim might be cheating on her um, after Jenny admitted that he'd bought her flowers and that she didn't receive any. So it's, it's kind of basically all been two and two doesn't make five, basically. Um, but this week it's going to get even more complicated. Yes. Yes, because um, he, we, we know that he needs an urgent triple bypass op and he's n- too nervous to tell Sally. Um, and also, you know what, he's only told Aggie uh, because he's also a dad. He's not told Faye either, so he hasn't, or his mum Elaine, so he hasn't told anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and um, so, you know, so he's, he's got this massive operation coming out, so he decides to start putting his, affair, his affairs in order. So he visits George to sort out his possible funeral arrangements, and then mm-hmm. he goes to Adam to sort out his will. Um, so, and, and fearing the worst that he is having an affair, instead of talking to Tim at this moment, she confides in her ex-husband, Kev. I do love this, that Kev and Sally have such a, a close relationship, despite the fact that they're divorced. It's, it's a, mm, that's, mm. They make divorce look, um, sometimes, you know, divorces are really, really ugly, but sometimes people manage to stay friends and support each other, and I think, yeah. I think that's nice here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so he tells her, you know, she needs to talk to Tim about it. So she does take the bull by the horns and she asks him if he's having an affair. But um, he denies it, but he doesn't use this opportunity either, Hannah, to say, so I kind of got this bad news, I need a big operation. Why wouldn't you tell someone? I mean, like, they're just so weird. Yes. I don't know he's just I think he's terrified and if he has to admit it to his wife then it it makes it even more real than it already is and maybe he should start fussing over him yeah absolutely and she the thing is she goes one step further doesn't she Sally because she then puts a tracker on his phone yes and (laughs) starts to see that you know we end up going to Aggie's for a cup of tea after his hospital appointment and she spots that and you know she thinks that maybe Aggie's the other woman and and this then ramps up a bit and it sort of is a bit of a crescendo. Yes. She peers through the window because everyone peers through everybody's windows and she spots mm. Aggie putting her arm around Tim just because he's going, oh, yeah. um, you know, this, this is happening. Um, and she screams. So obviously both of them turn to the window and um, she's invited into Aggie's house and as Tim plucks up the courage to tell... So- to tell Sally's wife everything, he's suddenly racked with pain and collapses, clutching his chest. Has Sally, has Sally lost him? Mm, I hope not. No, because they're a great couple. They really they are, are a good couple, yeah. Let's, let's hope that, yeah, that doesn't happen. Um, because the story, I don't know, yeah, it works well as a couple. Yes. It would be a shame yes. to. I, I think it's just a, it's probably just another thing for Sally to have to deal with and, and it ramps up the story. Yes. And, it's anything. And, and it's not the only focus of, of Corrie because last week little Joseph went missing um, after being bullied at school and, um, and Dev set up a fund, didn't he, yes. to try and find any information. I think he put £3,000 in it. Yes. You know, because Dev's got that hanging around. Um, but... Um, Joseph's gran, Bernie, is stunned because it makes her 
liked Dev a bit more. Yes, yes. So last summer, Dev and uh, Bernie did have a one-night stand, and uh, Dev was a bit shocked by his actions and then he sort of backpedaled really quickly and mm. and he said some nasty things about her and she overheard so she hasn't been Dev's he hasn't been on her Christmas card list for some time yeah. <laughs> but there's there is kind of this frisson between the two so it's yeah. you know so it's so so you know it's his very very difficult um and so yes he did put three thousand pounds into this fund to find little joseph and joseph did did pitch up and everything was all right um so will the pair find romance a second time around mm. I, don't, I like this storyline because because love isn't just for the young and the pretty the under 30s is it you can have you can find really <laughs> but that's what you really see don't you on uh, tv it's true actually yeah that is true you know is true. romance is is not for the 70s or the 80 year olds or the 50 year olds or you know or the 40 year olds so it's nice that there are two people here who have who have history who have yeah. you know normal everyday messy lives and yeah it's true it's true now Romance in Emmerdale, not so much. No. <laughs> um, because, of course, the wool pack went up in flames in the Christmas episode, didn't it? Yes. Um, and, and it wasn't a small fire. It absolutely gutted the place. Um, and, yeah, sorting something like that out is a, is a, is a complete um, nightmare. And, and, and this week, Chaz and Marlon... <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised by this, really, but they're shocked, even if we're not, to find that their insurance is void yes. because they failed to notify them of the development yes. plans. So this is a real problem. It is a massive problem because because uh, because I think the, the building itself, the bricks are fine, but inside the whole of the interior is gone. So it's a, it's a complete refurb inside. And obviously there's going to be mm. a massive smoke damage. It's going to be, you know, but we all saw the explosion. It, it looked to me like it was going to flatten the place, but it yeah. didn't quite so yes i mean i have to i have to ask the question really whether this we've seen the woolpack be sort of a real it's such a a fat um a, a community pub and yet has been struggling for quite some time yeah and whether this will then make all the locals club together and sort of support something and bring it back together again so it's a central piece question yes we have to wait and see because they're still fighting over it this week so mm. obviously Chas and marlon are shocked there's no money to you know to, to fix it because the insurance isn't valid um and seeing no way out Chas agrees to sign the papers that al has drafted for ownership of the pub so so that so Chas and marlon just just were just going to let it go and al was going to take it over now we know that al is being bankrolled by gavin and both of those two can't be trusted and when gavin instructs al to offer twenty thousand, that's a lot of money hannah twenty thousand less it's only luck that paddy spots the change in the small print good so we now have the contract unsigned um and gavin puts more pressure on al to do the deal and al is left in no doubt what the consequences will be if he doesn't get the signature he doesn't get al mm-hmm. he doesn't get sorry Chaz and marlon's signature on this on this on this contract and then we enter Kane who along with Mac has managed to get a hold of Al's phone and so they've read Al's text messages to Gavin so they know exactly what's going on and the pair pay a visit to Gavin now both Mac and Kane are sort of 
they're great guys, but they veer slightly to the to the wrong side of the road a bit mm. sometimes and this is one of the moments um, and Gavin pulls out of the deal and demands all his money back so the fate of the much loved pub is now up in the air and Chaz mm. blames Kane as she stands to lose all her business and all her money must be very yeah, stressful think, but then having said that I think Kane's probably done the right thing if I'm honest <laughs> yes don't you think yes. we, we, we never wanted the uh, wall pack to become uh, your exactly. posh flats exactly exactly it's the heart um, it's the heart of it it's the heart of the village exactly that's what I mean I'm wondering if it will all sort of bring itself back together at some point you know or bring the, you know the, this is sort of a roundabout way of making everyone yeah. realise that now Hollyoaks um we're about to see the real Ethan, I think, this week, aren't we? Yes, yes. This is going to be a really good week. So last week we saw the explosion yeah. at Salon de Thé and uh, we left it with Ethan catching up with Maya and the relationship ending with a bang. And so flashbacks this week reveal the truth behind exactly what happened uh, between the pair on that fateful night. Now, obviously, it looks like Ethan has done something with Maya and he has left the incriminating evidence in Steve's van, his cleaning van. Um, and so what has he left in there, Hannah? Has he left a body? Has he left his wallet? Has he left, a, a, the, you know, a weapon? Has he, you know, anything mm-hmm. could be in this van. So and the van. So obviously, and Ethan's had to get rid of the van because it's got all this stuff in it. Um, and uh, so, so we now have you know in the village, Maya has disappeared. And we, no one knows yeah. what's happened to her. And Darren wants to know if he and his family are now safe. Uh, but will Ethan tell him the truth? Uh, you know, it looked it looked before that Maya was calling the shots, but we have to ask ourselves: Is that true? And now yeah. Sienna is very pleased in the new year that she secured another cleaning contract her and Steve um, but she's dismayed to discover that the van was stolen um, and uh, guess what Steve has no insurance there's a theme this there's a week theme. <laughs> there's a theme here <laughs> oh, so, so she, but Sienna's like sort of you know pulls herself together and she's like talking about visiting a scrapyard and Ethan then realises he's got to act pretty pretty fast get rid of any incriminating evidence yes. in the back of the van yes so yes yeah, so we yeah so what is in the back of this van i keep asking that question but it's really important you know and as and now sienna and steve are in ethan's line of sight and sienna now realizes the connection to maya and mm. ethan makes a revelation about just how sinister and evil he is so, Whoa. I think we always thought Ethan was Maya's puppet, but maybe it was the other way round. Maybe it was the other way round. Hmm. And we're and we're um, we're kind of delving into the gambling habit yeah. again, aren't we? That 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 we've watched Damon struggle with. Yes. So I think this is this is they always do this kind of thing really really well. Hollyoaks gambling is really is, is 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 a big issue for some people, really big issue. So it's so it's so it's it, it's good to see it on a soap so that people know where they, they can get help and and you know and to what are the watch points for this sort of thing. Mm. And we watched Damon struggle um, with his gambling habit. This was brought on after the death of Brody, his best mate. We know how close Brody and Damon were, um, and. Um, so he's been getting, you know, steadily worse 
over the last three or four months. And he admits to Scott that he's maxed out all his credit cards, Hannah. He's got no mm, money. Yeah. And he's, he wants to come clean to Liberty, but before he can, she surprises him with a plan to go to New York. Oh, dear. And, you, and he doesn't want to let her down, does <laughs> no. he? No, and that's not exactly cheap, is it? No. Right, where's he going to get the money from? Yes, so desperate not to let Liberty down, he asks one of the villagers for help, but just what has Damon got himself into? Mm, just what has he? Yes. <laughs> Only Holly Oaks will tell us <laughs> over the coming weeks. <laughs> now, finally, EastEnders. So, Hannah, I have some bad news for you regarding EastEnders. Do I need a glass of wine in hand, Claire? You need a big glass of wine. Danny Dyer, who plays Mick, is leaving the show and he's going to go to Sky TV. <gasps> that must be some serious wedge for Danny to leave, mustn't it? I mean, that is just, that's just, um, oh, that's unbelievable. It's just kind of, where does that leave EastEnders? I mean, he's, you know, ultimately the best character there is. Yes. It's going to be a massive, massive hold. He's been there for nine years, if you remember. 2013, when he pitched up, we had him and Linda. And there's this um, iconic picture of him and Linda with the kids outside of the Vic. And he's standing there in his wife's pink dressing gown. It was pink and fluffy. He was a man that sort of embraced his feminine side. It was great. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, mean, that, I mean, they are my favourite you know, couple really, and I've been finding it quite tough with her being out of the show and then watching this Janine storyline. But, you know, that then begs the question, it's bound to be an explosive ending. Do we think he's going to get written out with the option of coming back or do we think this is going to be a final it's all over jobby? I think it's a final it's all over, so I think maybe he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. So I'm thinking maybe Max comes back to get baby Anna... And um, from Linda and Mick, because obviously Mick's taken one. I know Linda's not in the square at the moment. Um, and uh, because he's not going to leave, you know, Mick's not going to leave straight away. We've, we've got some time. And I think maybe Max shoots Mick. So Ooh, well, I, I've got a theory. If there's a shooting in town, I reckon it's, it's got to be Linda, hasn't she? So yeah. Janine gets her man, beds her man. She comes back and wham, bam, he cops it. Yes, that would be really good. And if the final thing was Linda yes. shooting Mick. That would be absolutely brilliant. That would be absolutely great. So. Wow, an ending to that relationship. Yeah. What an ending. Yes. So you definitely, do we know, just for clarity, do we know that um, it's definitely uh, an ending of all endings? We don't, we don't know, because I would imagine they haven't written it yet. It's got to be, but I would imagine he's such a big part of EastEnders that they'll want to give him a good send-off, a really good send-off. They're going to be really sorry to see him go, because I reckon probably on set he's a right old laugh, don't you, yeah. as much as anything? Oh, oh, on that news, that very <laughs> sad news. How long have we got him for? Well, I'd say probably got him for another six months, but... Okay. Cherish every moment, people. Cherish every moment like I will be. <laughs> so, Hannah, back to this week's episode of uh, EastEnders, and it's all about Grey and Chelsea. Um, obviously, over the Christmas break, we saw Chelsea give birth to Jordan very prematurely, um, and that was after Grey had hurled abuse at her. Um, and then suddenly everything that Whitney had told her about Grey on that wedding day, I suppose, all, all made sense. Um, so she's now trapped, yep. premature baby in hospital and a serial killer partner. Yes. 
yes she must think what have I got myself into lover and you know and it's she's she's her her emotions must be all over the place because Jordan is very premature very premature and you know um so so you know, she she now can't just run away from Grey because she has a premature baby in a hospital. So she can't just pack her bags and move to another country or move up north or do whatever she wants to do. You know she 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 has to think about her little son, um, and um, which is sure that Grey will eventually slip up and they will get evidence to prove that he killed Chantel. Because at the moment, I think that Whitney only thinks that he killed Chantel. Tina and and um, Kush are not in their are, are not on their minds they don't they don't, no. don't know that either one of them were killed by Grey so so yeah. it's really it's all about Chantel really so um, so uh, they've got Kirat on board to help them out as well now we saw Kirat knew something that Chantel marriage to to gray wasn't quite right and he was trying to help her before while she was getting murdered so so he knows not quite to trust gray so kirat's on board so they do have a guy helping them out and they tell her she just has to keep playing happy families until gray makes this slip up but um this week gray is keen to register little jordan's birth but Chelsea doesn't want uh, his name on the on her son's birth certificate that will always tie her to him yeah Whereas if she puts, I don't know, father unknown, it sort of mm. gives her a little bit of wiggle room, I suppose, really. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, Grey is keeping Chelsea almost a prisoner in the home. Um, Jordan, Jordan seems to be stable in hospital, so he says they don't need to be there round the clock. So that's, that's, that must be very distressing for Chelsea because she probably wants to sit by her son's cot side mm, mm. um and she she needs her passport to register jordan jordan birth herself otherwise you know i think normally a couple would go together um yeah but uh gray so so um this is chelsea has to find her passport and because gray is always around at home this is making it impossible for chelsea to go looking for it mm. um you know and um to try and give Chelsea some space, Kirat invites Grey to the Vic to wet the baby's head. Um, will Chelsea be able to register baby Jordan's birth herself or will she be caught? Mm. I mean, it's about time that Grey, the wheels need to come off now. I mean, it's kind of enough's enough, isn't it? So maybe this is the unravelling. Yes. Um, there's, a, there's another storyline that's bothering me, though. <laughs> Um, Linda and Mick because obviously Linda didn't come back at Christmas and Janine is now absolutely determined to make Mick her man and then goes one step further by asking him to fake being a couple because she's got a meeting with a social worker and then she she really has she got him where she wants him I mean is this is this what Shortly not. Surely this can't happen. Well, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to wait and see where this goes. He agrees to be um, a couple for this meeting with a social worker to get Scarlett away from Cat. Right, okay. Cat is looking after Scarlett because she is half sister to Cat's son Tommy. They share the same father. Sorry, Cat's been looking after Scarlett. Scarlett, and and I, I really don't know why Janine wants Scarlett back because she left her in a children's home for a long time. Because little Scarlett's now, I think she's about nine, so it's not like she's she's been a constant presence in her life. No. Um, so so, 
So we'll have to wait and see. Of course, Mick and Linda always belong together. Uh, but, you know, Mickey's, you know, he's, he's on his own. He's struggling to cope. He's got a, you know, she's probably being very kind and nice to him. She's, she's, she's sexy. You know, he might well weaken. Oh, over time. Come back, Linda. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's, it's a pretty good start to the year, isn't it, on the soaps? Lots to talk about. Um, but we will be back next week with even more gossip and hopefully the final unravelling of Grey, although I fear it may be a little longer than just one week. But um, thank you as ever for listening and um, we'll be back next week. <laughs>